Welcome to the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Mike Yostrowski in association with Underground Sports Philadelphia. Hey guys, we're back. Welcome to potentially your championship weekend episode of the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast. Yes, I'm doing the intro again because sadly, Mikey is in a realm of overtime and working during this holiday season, which means it's me, your boy, Kyle Bennett, joined by the one and only Patty Pitts, the co-host with the most through the voice line. Pat, what's going on? It is championship week for the normal fantasy football players, and uh, it, it, we're here to break it down. We're here to break it down. I'm in my fantasy championship in one league. I really need that uh, payout, and I'm just ready to talk football. And We have a triple header on Saturday that I am so excited for. We have Saturday football, which is a blast. And as always, show brought to you by our friends at trophysmack.com. Pat, let's dive into the Week 15 recap, though. Lots of odd players showing out for your fantasy uh, semifinals, and it was very running back dominated. Your number one fantasy player of the week is Kenyon Drake, with almost 40 fantasy points PPR-wise for the Arizona Cardinals in a game where I picked the Arizona Cardinals to upset the Cleveland Browns, took them at plus 2.5. Very proud of myself there. Uh, Kenyon Drake, Christian McCaffrey, and my boy, Miles Sanders, all in the top five of fantasy performances this week. Hopefully you had a good running back week because running backs matter the most in fantasy. Sure, they don't value them in real life NFL, but uh, running backs can make or break your fantasy championship run. The running backs this week really showed out. I mean, Kenyon Drake was absolutely dominant. 137 yards on the ground with four touchdowns. The Browns could not have faced a worse because the Cardinals have allowed the lead, or the they've just been a terrible team all year. And the Browns really needed this game to come back a win. And the complete opposite happened with players allegedly yelling to the sideline to come get them and save them. So I don't know what's going on in Cleveland. All I know is that someone's going to get out of the kitchen, if you know what I mean. Oh, I know what you mean there. And uh, fun fact, the Cleveland Browns are the only team in the NFL this decade that will not finish with a single season of a winning record. Are you shocked? Absolutely not. Are, 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 Am I no. disappointed? Absolutely. Oh, I'm 100% disappointed because I thought this was the year. I thought this was the year that they could do it. You have all the talent around you. You finally get what you thought was the problem out of Cleveland and Hugh Jackson. You bring in Freddie Kitchens as the interim. Maybe you should have went figure out if there was another option, a better option. And uh, it just is not working out. 
I think it's the coaching. That's my big thing. It's the coaching. It's the chemistry. And, you know, who knows if Baker Mayfield's legit or not. We don't know yet because he hasn't had uh, the sufficient coaching to uh, figure that out. But other guys that had absolutely dominant performances, Julio Jones with the game-sealing, game-winning touchdown for the Atlanta Falcons to cap off a 20-target week for Mr. Julio Jones. 13 catches, 134 yards, and two touchdowns. And the other wide receiver joining him in this list is somebody that you would not expect. That is Tampa Bay wide receiver Brashad Perriman showed out 34.6 PPR fantasy points, and that was because he had five catches, 113 yards, and three touchdowns along with three rushing yards. Brashad Perriman, in place of Chris Godwin, who unfortunately got hurt with a hamstring injury, does not look like he's going to play in championship weekend either, so that is something to uh, monitor for your lineups. Brashad Perriman, what a performance. Now, the one thing about Brashad Perriman that I have loved, because this I'm not joking when I say this, I have watched him throughout his entire career. When he was drafted, I was doing my fantasy research that year, and he just came up to me because I was looking for deep sleepers. And the one thing that every draft board talked about was his speed. This is a, an offense that he can finally utilize his speed and the kind of ridiculous play calling and improvising that James Winston does. Tampa Bay is a great fit for him. And I mean, he established a connection this week with Winston. No Chris Godwin. It might, it looks like it might not happen. Mike Evans is still dealing with an injury. Brashad Perryman is a great deep threat. I mean, it, it, it it's working out. It's, it's going it, to, it looks like it could be a good play for this week. It's going to be very interesting, and something that is very interesting as well is we got bounce-back performances from two of the preseason and just overall running backs in the league this week, too. Ezekiel Elliott had a Zeke week, and uh, Saquon Barkley finally had that breakthrough week against the Miami Dolphins. That's always good to see. And then to add on top of running back week, Chris Carson absolutely showed out against the Carolina Panthers. Uh it was a good week to start, you know, these guys that have been up and down throughout the season, especially a guy like Saquon, to have that bounce back against a bad team like the Miami Dolphins uh, in Eli's kind of sunset game. For Saquon to bounce back, I think that's got to be a big positive for fantasy owners going into championship weekend. As we all know, Saquon gets uh, a nice little matchup against Washington, so that should be another, you know, confidence booster for you to trust your guy. Saquon Barkley is one of the prime examples of when I talk about starting your first round, early round picks, because you just have to start them. Their ceiling is so high that you the not starting them is more risky than starting them. So it finally worked out for you this week. Hopefully it worked out for you in that you're in the playoffs this week, even with the lack of performance from Saquon Barkley this season. But, you know, you have guys like that. You have Le'Veon Bell, who hasn't been all that great, and a couple other. Joe Mixon is now starting to come into his own a little bit. So you're going to get these guys that are so talented that the end of the season, that's when they start picking it up. I mean, look at last year. We saw Derrick Henry. The last three weeks of the season, he was the MVP 
of the fantasy playoffs, if you want to call it. Now look where where he is right now. He's a top five running back. So you never know. End of the season is always a good precursor and kind of foreshadowing how next year is going to go. So in reality, you're really doing a little bit of way too early prep in this part of the play, uh, fantasy season if you're already out. Now, uh, we talked about this on our Saturday main show on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Matt, my co-host, is an avid fantasy football player, and uh, he accidentally started Jamison Crowder against the Baltimore Ravens, and I don't think you could be gifted a better accident than what Jamison Crowder did on Thursday Night Football. 27 fantasy points in PPR leagues, 6 catches, 90 yards, and 2 touchdowns. That's the Jamison Crowder that Jets fans and fantasy owners just won consistently all season long. That's the Jameson Crowder that every all Jets fans and fantasy owners need. He's the only guy right now, in my opinion, who could be a wide receiver one for the Jets. Robbie Anderson is so inconsistent, and then who knows when Quincy Anunua is going to come back? If he so comes now back. you if he comes back. So now you have to look. All right, next man up, and Jameson Crowder. He did well in Washington for such a long time. And now he goes to New York and is finding some success with the second-year starters. So this could develop into a great relationship. I'd really be interested to see how the season ends and what his expectation is into the next season. One of the best quarterback performances we will see in real life and uh, a top-notch fantasy performance came on Monday Night Football as Drew Brees and the Saints just absolutely tore apart the Indianapolis Colts, like you said on this show just last week. But Drew Brees also sets the uh, all-time passing touchdown record as he threw for number 538, 539, 540, and 541. Granted, it's not set in stone because Drew Brees is still playing and Tom Brady are still playing, so they are going to seesaw back and forth with this until they both end up retiring. But the more impressive thing to me in this is Drew Brees went 29 of 30, passing the ball before Teddy Bridgewater came in to uh, seal the deal for the Saints. But Drew Brees is hitting his stride at the right time. Drew Brees broke Phillip Rivers' completion percentage record last night, and I was watching it just glued to my TV because it seemed like every pass was just easy. When you have receivers like Michael Thomas and Jared Cook, and um, you know what? I'm going to throw him in there too, Ted Ginn. It just makes your life easier. You have receivers that can catch the ball, run routes to get open. I, I don't know what that is. that feels like as a Patriots fan right now. I don't know what that's like times 10 as an Eagles yeah, fan. It, yeah, because we have players to do that. You guys don't, you barely have Zach Ertz. So Shout I out Greg up. Ward. Seriously, so I, you know, I don't know. It, it, it was really, it's just really unreal to see that. And my question is for the rest, not only of the season but the rest of the careers, is that is every week are we going to hear that they broke the record? I like, guarantee it's just, it, especially on you know the worldwide leader and uh, a bunch of other networks. They're just going to be like, all right, it's it's the they're going to put up the Rocky graphics and it's going to be Brady boxing with Drew Brees for this touchdown record until it is done. I'm excited for that, though, because, you know, I love Drew Brees. He's one of those quarterbacks that I feel like 
you just you hear peep out. You don't hear boo out of him. So that's it. Just it's nice to see him finally get the recognition. And he just loves breaking records. Tom Brady likes winning Super Bowls, and Drew Brees likes breaking records. Not a better one-two punch. Couldn't agree more. And uh, another very great quarterback performance came from, we talked about his wide receiver, Jameis Winston, continues to do the thing back-to-back over 33 fantasy point games in the last two weeks. Uh, Obviously, Jameis uh, dealing with a bit of a thumb injury, but probably going to play this week. I would be shocked if he doesn't, um, especially because Bruce Arians is just an old school guy. He's like, rub some dirt on it and let's get you out there. But Jameis threw for over 200 yards in the first quarter in this game, ended up with 458, four touchdowns and only one interception. Jameis is just having fun right now, I think, because he's just trying to lock down a job, but he's playing at a a level where he's just there's no stress on his shoulders. Players play best when they feel the least amount of stress. You know, you kind you got to look at his situation right now. They're not going to the playoffs. They're he's fighting and battling for a contract. It doesn't matter if it's for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or another team in the NFL. He's battling for a contract. So he's kind of taking a little play out of John Elway's playbook and he's just kind of going out there and just gunslinging, firing it, and just kind of improvising himself. I love it because that's the best Jameis Winston that you're going to see. That's a Jameis Winston that is entertaining and makes you, you know, happy to watch football. And the other thing, too, is I counted him out, obviously, because why else, at the beginning of the year and said that him and Mariota were not going to have contracts. I did the no, same by thing. By next year. And Mariota, yeah, I was right. That's easy. That's same. money in the bank. I called that in August. Yeah, but Jameis Winston is just staying around. And I can, I just, it boggles my mind. Famous Jameis has a chance, Pat Pitts, in the next two weeks to throw for over 5,000 yards this year. Yeah, I passing yards right now and i would love to see it you know what 4573 passing yards this year he is according to yahoo the number five fantasy player on the season based on points that's unbelievable <laughs> who would that is if i would have told you that in august when you were doing your draft that Jameis winston come championship week would be a top five player going into championship weekend you would have called me a liar. I, I, yeah, and then I would have told you that I'm getting married to Brooklyn Decker uh, <laughs> tomorrow. So, I mean, that's really kind of what my reaction would have been. But it, it just it's so insane to, to hear that because Jameis Winston, I feel like, is just kind of that laughing stock. And, you know, I love him because he he plays football how I play Madden. So, I mean, anytime that comes together – and they're not a bad team to like. I mean, they have a lot of fun pieces. You have Bruce, supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. Looks like it's kind of working out for him. And they have a great running game now in Ronald Jones. Their defense is top five rushing defense. They just need a couple more pieces, and then they'll finally make a playoff run. A wide receiver that is making a very great case to be in your lineups this weekend is catching balls from the guy that replaced Marcus Mariota. Uh, in Tennessee, that's A.J. Brown. He is absolutely putting on a show right now. Last three out of four weeks, he's had at least 23 fantasy points. This past week, 
13 targets for Mr. Tannehill. Eight catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. A.J. Brown, if you stashed him and just kind of kept him on your roster, you are reaping the rewards right now because he is peaking right when you need him to. Yeah, A.J. Brown, I'm just I'm looking at his stats right now from past weeks, and you can see that his targets are going up from 13. And you can see that Tannehill trusts him enough. And you just watch him. Watch him run. His routes are great. He has so much explosive speed coming off the line. And he can really create some space and get open, which is what Tannehill needs because he needs a receiver to rely on. Corey Davis was that guy for Mariota. But A.J. Brown's young. There's a reason they drafted him so high. And I just I love this pick. And I just love how well he's doing. He could be someone, too, next year. That is primed for a breakout season. Another guy that is making a fantastic case to be in your lineups uh, torched my Eagles defense this past week. Thankfully, we came out with a win. Shout out to Nigel Bradham for uh, hitting the over there. But uh, Terry McLaurin doing his thing. Uh, 24 fantasy points, five targets, five catches from Dwayne Haskins for 130 yards and a touchdown. Scary Terry plays against the Giants this week who just cut their best corner. Terry McLaurin is going to go absolutely bananas in your fantasy championship game, so you better have him in your lineup because uh, I think he's going to go absolutely off. See, I was really out on Terry McLaurin. You were. For a while because I thought he was that next guy that is just a waiver wire sensation. We'll call him the – we'll give him the MC Hammer Award, but I – I, I'm, I'm eating my words. He's really becoming that number one target for Haskins in Washington, which in reality, this year's kind of been a crapshoot on takes because everything, anything that you didn't think would happen has happened. Dwayne Haskins is getting the start at quarterback. He's making a connection with McLernan. Washington looks like they're on the up and up. I think they just need to fix the front office will be fine. But, yes, I do like McLaren this week, and I like him against the Giants a lot. You know, we brought up A.J. Brown. We bring up Terry McLaurin. Listen to these stats here for these uh, 2019 rookie wide receivers, and I wish my Eagles would have drafted one of these guys, but we drafted J.J. Arthur Whiteside, who the coaching staff just couldn't get on the field. But A.J. Brown this year, 47 catches, 893 yards, 7 touchdowns. Terry McLaurin, 51 catches. 833 yards, 7 touchdowns. DK, Decaf, Metcalf, 52 catches, 819 yards, 6 touchdowns. Darius Slayton, 44 catches, 690 yards, 8 touchdowns. Marquise Hollywood Brown, 43 catches, 563 yards, 7 touchdowns. Debo Samuel, 48 catches, 669 yards, 3 touchdowns. Deontay Johnson, 47 catches, 525 yards, four touchdowns. And Mecole Hardman, 25 catches, 508 yards, six touchdowns. Did, did you see that's in there? Because I, I, I saw that list that you were uh, reading off, and I couldn't find Nikhil Harry's stats in there. So, But, you know, he was supposed to be the guy, the, the rookie wide receiver to bring in, but apparently um, – you know, Terry McLaurin will be the guy. I don't know. That just makes me so mad because look at all the that young talent and how well they're doing this year. 
and they're really making a name for themselves. But when you have guys like Nikhil Harry, who are just not in the realm, it just stinks. Granted, Nikhil was injured, so that kind of, I give him a pass for that. Um, but at least he wasn't J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, I mean, where he was healthy the whole season and just has eight catches for 130 yards and one touchdown. I don't think he was that injured. I think they just kept him away because they had the talent, and then the talent ran out. And they're like, oh, we got to use this guy. So then they started to use him, and look what's happening. He should have three touchdowns, has two, and three yards. This raises right a now. question for me, because this wide receiver class right here in 2019 has been similar to the production of the 2017 running back class, and we all know the 2014 wide receiver class was very talented. Would you rather have the 2014 wide receiver class or the 2019 uh, who was in the 2014 wide receiver class? 2014 wide receiver class. I will uh, read that off for you because it had some uh, pretty notable names, including one guy who is uh, wanting out of Cleveland, and that is one Odell Beckham Jr., Sammy Watkins, yeah. Mike Evans. Uh, we also had uh, – Brandon Cooks in that draft. We had oh, Kelvin. A very good draft. We had Kelvin Benjamin, uh, the tight end turned offensive lineman in that draft. Uh, we also had uh, Marquise Lee, plays for Jacksonville. Okay. Jordan Matthews, uh, who is still kicking around. Paul Richardson, uh, who is now in Washington. Devontae Adams was in that draft. Uh, Cody Latimer, plays for the Broncos, was in that draft. Allen Robinson. Uh, who else do we have here? We have Dante Moncrief, John Brown. A lot of late name pay. A lot of really ra- uh, random guys in that list. But I think you got to give me another maybe two years and then give you a more concrete answer. But right now, that 2019 class is looking a lot better strictly because there are a lot more names on the 2019 list that have done better. And the 2014, they do have a lot of duds in there. Yeah, I I still think I stick with 2014 just because of overall production and how many guys actually stuck. We'll see how Mm -hmm. many of these guys actually stick as well. And if guys like Nikhil Harry and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, you know, take a step forward next year as well. But we also know the 2020 wide receiver class is absolutely loaded. So we'll see what happens there. Before we get to the dud performers and who you should avoid – in your championship weekend, we got to take a second to talk about our friends at trophysmack.com. Guys, it's championship weekend now. There's no more excuses. You know who is in your championship matchups. So head over to our friends at trophysmack.com because trophysmack is the place to go for all your fantasy championship needs. Pat, it's in the name. They've got trophies, obviously. But obviously, let, let me tell you, they've got rings that you can wear around the office. You can wear them to work. You can wear them to your favorite sporting event and flash it off and be like, yeah, I won my fantasy championship and I have a ring. But I'm a champion. Also, here's here's another good one. Say you're say you're in the office cubicle. Say, you know, you, you have a, a home office. Why not display a championship belt? They also have championship belts. You can walk around looking like Triple H in the house and and just, you know, full-blown swag walking around the house with a championship belt around your waist. 
all of their items come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee and are completely customizable and can be engraved however you need. Listen, if my if I ever if I win this fantasy league and I get a belt, I'm wearing it everywhere and I apologize already to my girlfriend that I am not going to be I'm going to be everywhere in public wearing that belt just like Triple H, time to play the game because I won the game. And now I'm going to get my belt from Trophy Smack. Pat's going to be bartending, wearing his Trophy Smack belt. If you guys order today. Well, it's a great conversational piece. That's all exactly. I got to say. Gets you tips. Order today. You receive the first engraving on either that trophy ring or belt. Absolutely free. And you get free shipping. Free is for me. I say it all the time. Free is for me. So you get free engraving, free shipping on your order if you order today. So don't settle for less when you can get the best at trophysmack.com and be sure to use the promo code GOALINE, that's G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E, at checkout. You receive a free championship ring, a $59 value, with the purchase of any trophy or belt. So, Pat, when you go buy that belt and get it engraved however you want for absolutely free, you also get a ring that you can wear while you're bartending to have twice the amount of conversations bling bling that's what i'm about and that's what uh our friends at trophy smack are about too again that code is goal line g-o-a-l-l-i-n-e you get a free championship ring of 59 dollar value with the purchase of any championship trophy or belt head over to trophysmack.com like we said don't settle for less when you can get the best at trophysmack.com and smack your opponent right in the face this championship weekend. Pat, there's a lot of guys, though, that we should not be playing in our championship matchups. A lot of guys that you can't really trust because, well, they're just not that good. They're, they stink. They absolutely so stink. If you, so if you stink, I don't want you in my lineup. We, we need absolute fine production from every single player in our lineups for championship weekend. And uh, some guys you have to kind of, you know, figure out if they're worth playing. Uh, First guy I'm going to throw at you right here is, uh, you know, he plays for the Oakland Raiders. Who are? Do we even call them the Oakland Raiders anymore? They don't have any more home games. They're just going to be – they're always going to be the Raiders to me, whether they're in Oakland, L.A., or Las Vegas. They're just the Raiders. So the first guy is – Mr. Josh the Jacobs. Raiders don't have a home. That's true. They are they are without a home right now. Uh, Josh Jacobs, though, is the first guy on my list. Has had the injury issues. He's been questionable up until game time the past couple weeks. Only 12.9 fantasy points against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He ran the ball 24 times for just 89 yards, no touchdowns. And he gets the Chargers defense this weekend. I don't know if I trust Josh Jacobs in my fantasy championship lineup. No, that's a really tough defense in L and the LA Chargers when you have Bosa, Melvin Ingram, uh, and then also Derwin James. Those guys are animals, and they will look any way possible to stop the run and stop any sort of forward momentum. I am all out on Josh Jacobs this week. I'm gonna throw the Raiders in. hit their peak. They 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 flamed out. They did. Uh, I'm going to throw you another running back. Uh, he just had his flu game, 
but that was with bowling. And uh, he came back against Baltimore. Didn't play so well. 10.8 fantasy points for Mr. Le'Veon Bell. 21 rushing attempts for 87 yards, no touchdowns. He's got the revenge game of a lifetime this week as the Jets host the Pittsburgh Steelers. Are we trusting Lev against his former team who wouldn't pay him, and that's why he left? I will say I feel like this would be a great opportunity for Adam Gaze to do something and get him into the rotation. I think this could be a big week for Le'Veon Bell. And, I mean, the Jets really are just playing for pride at this point. And a revenge game is the biggest pride game you could possibly think of. I'm all in a Le'Veon Bell. Here's another running back that did not start the season, kind of went the Le'Veon Bell route, but actually played this year. Uh, That's Melvin Gordon. Played against the Vikings this past week, 11.4 fantasy points. Kind of saved it with his uh, you know, receiving game, but on the ground, only seven rushing attempts for 28 yards. He did add uh, you know, five catches for 36 yards, so in PPR formats, he saved you there. But against the Oakland Raiders, who earlier this season, Melvin Gordon actually did play against them, uh, and he put on a show, 20.3 fantasy points, where he had 22 attempts for 108 rushing yards and one touchdown. Is Melvin Gordon an ideal play for the fantasy championship? I don't think he's an ideal play for the Chargers. Last week he was sat because he fumbled. He got the old Steven Ridley treatment and was benched. So I think the Chargers really are looking towards the future with Austin Eckler. I think he's just a better and cheaper version of Melvin Gordon that they will pay less at the end of the year, Melvin Gordon will end up walking and finding another home. I do not like Melvin Gordon this week. I am expecting a massive game out of Austin Eckler, however, because as I just said, he's just he's just another Melvin Gordon. It's just the system that he's in, and he's doing really well with it. I mean, Philip Rivers needs even guys to rely on kind of that Eli Manning treatment from last year where he just threw the dump and dives to Saquon all game. He's going to do that to Austin Eckler. The only issue is now that it's not going to be just Austin Eckler. You have Keenan Allen. You have Mike Williams. Well, Melvin Gordon gets lost. In Hunter that Henry as well at the tight Hunter end Hunter Henry. So, I mean, you have all those mouths to feed. One person's going to go home starving, and I think that's Melvin Gordon. I'm going to give you a coin flip here. You give me who you'd rather play this weekend because they play against each other. Ooh, uh, I like this game. So, flipping the coin here. Devin Singletary against your Patriots or Sony Michelle against the Buffalo Bills? Oof. All right, I'm going Devin Singletary because I am telling everyone to not start Sony Michelle. I had this last week in Daily Fantasy. I thought that it was going to be the Sony Michelle game. They're up against the worst run defense in the entire world in the Cincinnati Bengals, and he did nothing. Rex Burkett, Sexy Rexy, did more. And I think that's the missing piece. James White did more. Office. James White did more. But James White's always that one. He's just he, he's the more reliable Kevin Falk, in my opinion. So he's going to always be that number one running back for Tom. Now you need to plug in all right, who's going to be the two, who's going to be the, the B guy. And I think now it's Rex Burkett. Look, watch how Rex Burkett runs. He's like Wes Welker if he was a running back, or Julian Edelman if he was a running back even. The way he hits the gaps and the way he runs with the ball and how he runs with a purpose, 
He's crafty. He's kind of smooth. And he can get you and fight for those extra yards. Now that's going to be even more crucial in fantasy, especially the championship week coming up. I like Rex Burkett over Sony Michelle, so Devin Singletary's getting the start if I had those two. I totally agree because uh, Sony Michelle has not had a fantasy performance of you know twelve points or more since Week Seven. This past week against the Bengals was his first double-digit fantasy point game since that Week Seven game, and that was against the Jets. Uh, like you said, Rex Burkhead has been doing more for the offense. Uh, James White does more for the offense, especially if you're in PPR leagues. There's no need to rely on a guy like Sony Michelle who's not going to catch the ball at all and add you know, a dimension to your, your fantasy production when you can play one of the other two guys or you can play Devin Singletary. Let's kick it to the wide receivers that kind of just stunk this week, uh, one of them being a big boomer bust guy, and that is Christian Kirk playing against the Cleveland Browns. Should be able to have a, a pretty solid day against them. Uh, five ca- five targets, four catches, 33 yards, no touchdowns. Christian Kirk plays at Seattle this week. I am all out on Christian Kirk for the rest of this fantasy season. Uh, you know, he had a, a very quality season outside of all three of his touchdowns this year. Came in one game. Yeah, I don't trust any offensive weapon not Kenyon Drake on the Cardinals. And that goes for Kyler Murray, too. Seattle's one of the best defenses in the league. They don't give up points along with not scoring any points. Expect this to be a very defensive game and a lot of ground and pound from both teams. I am out on Christian Kirk. The guy that played against Christian Kirk this past week is uh, Jarvis Landry, who was allegedly, you know, fighting with uh, Freddie Kitchens and telling me, telling the Cardinals getting the hell out of Cleveland. Seven point three fantasy points this week. Five catches, twenty three yards, no touchdowns, and it doesn't get easier. Jarvis Landry and the Cleveland Browns play at home against Baltimore, a team that Cleveland beat earlier this season. So Baltimore is certainly licking their chops for some revenge, looking to lock down the one seed. Jarvis Landry should not be in your lineups this week. Even as the the target machine that he is typically, there is no possible way that I can trust Jarvis Landry against Baltimore. In the Browns' recent history, they have never beat the Ravens twice in a season. I don't think it's happening this week, so... I do not start any player on the Browns unless they are Nick Chubb. Matthew Stafford officially placed on IR today, Tuesday, as we are recording this. So that means it's the David Blau show for the rest of the season. The Lions head out to Denver in that high altitude. Kenny Galladay. Now this is a game. Kenny Galladay is a very interesting guy to talk about when it comes to this game. Kenny Galladay has been the best wideout for Detroit all year. He's been so he's been the glue that has kept his team together, in my opinion, because of how bad they've been offensively and defensively for the most part. And Kenny Galladay is just Mister Reliable. You could see him downfield. David Blau trusts him, especially with a guy like that who has only made at this point three career starts in the NFL. He's looking for someone to rely on. Kenny Galladay has been great for that. I think it's a great game for Detroit to bounce back, go to Denver. Yeah, it's tough to play a mile high, but at the same time, 
Denver's right where the Lions are, and I think the Lions just need to pull out a win. But I, I, I think they can do it. I think this is a a game they can, especially against Drew Locke, who finally came down to earth. Yeah. After his hot start, I, I don't see that. I think Kenny's gonna have a big bounce back game too. Uh, only had forty four receiving yards against Tampa Bay. Uh, so I think he's he's poised for a bounce back. And a guy you want to talk about a, a Pro Bowl snub as the Pro Bowl list came out today. Kenny Galladay, over 1,000 yards receiving this year, 10 touchdowns. How is he not a Pro Bowler? Well, it's because the NFC is absolutely loaded with damn good wide receivers. Uh, another guy that is going to have to get replaced in your lineups because it does not look like he's going to play this week, especially since he plays on Monday night. You can't risk it. Dalvin Cook. Injured that shoulder, doesn't look like he's poised to play against the Packers on Monday night, which is a big blow for the Vikings. How do you view this Dalvin Cook situation? You gotta, you have to watch your lineup every day. You have to check it every. Obviously, you're checking every day, but you got to do it twice as much, three times as much, because this is where it's so crucial that he plays. And it's not even that; it's how much they're going to play him because now you're getting into that realm. Are they even going to play him? The Vikings are already a playoff team. You want to rest your stars for the playoffs because they don't care about your playoffs. They only care about their playoffs. This is where you need to grab Alex Madison. And this is where the handcuffs become so vital. So if you have Alex Madison this week, I would plug him in immediately. Another guy coming off of injury earlier this season. Devonta Freeman had an absolute dud of a game against the San Francisco 49ers, understandably so. They play Jacksonville this week. Do you trust Devonta Freeman in that Falcons running game to do anything at home against the Jaguars? The Falcons just beat the 49ers. Let that sink in that this year the trash Atlanta Falcons beat the 49ers who were sitting atop the NFL throne. Anything can happen. Jacksonville just beat the Raiders, but the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't that good of a team. The The Falcons offense just loves to put up points any chance they can. I think this week that Devontae Freeman may get a touchdown or two, but I mean, I'm not dying to start him. A guy I am definitely not dying to start this week either is Dalvin Cook's teammate. Stefan Diggs. Stefan, since the bye week, here are his performances. 9.2 PPR, full point PPR fantasy points, 15.2, and then 12 just this past week against the Chargers. They play against Green Bay. He's going to see a ton of Jair Alexander. I don't know if I can trust Stefan in this game. You know what? It's, it's a really – you make a good point. I mean – he hasn't really had the best year. Um, you know, he does have over a thousand yards. He only has five touchdowns, which is tough. And three of those touchdowns, sadly, came against my Philadelphia Eagles. Exactly. So, like, I just don't like starting anyone on or any receivers on the Vikings because of how hot and cold Kirk Cousins has been. He has been great so far, but, I mean, I think this game is going to be more grounded pound. It's at Lambeau. It's against the Packers. They're not good against the run. They're really great. They're better against the pass. 
This is going to be a real ground and pound. And it's cold December at Lambeau. Uh, this game is actually in Minnesota. Oh, it's in Minnesota? Yeah. All right. Well, it's so they're still in the cold dome. December. Oh, it's in the Dome. Oh. All right. Well, it, to my point still, it's I don't still primetime Kirk coupons. And That's we all know how it, about primetime Kirk coupons performs. Yeah, he doesn't like to show up. He does not like it when the lights come on. Uh, and even looking back further at Stefan Diggs, kind of trending since week nine, uh, 2.6 fantasy points, 7.9, had that big pop-off game where he scored a touchdown for the first time since week six uh, against the Broncos in week 11, then the bye, and then those three games after that. But has not scored a touchdown since before the bye week for the Vikings. So I don't trust Stefan Diggs. If you're going to play him, I say you only flex him. Uh, but I'd rather play... I think a guy like DK Metcalf, who I think is a bounce-back candidate this week, only had 11.6 fantasy points against the Carolina Panthers, saved his day with a touchdown. They play the Arizona Cardinals this week in Seattle. I think DK is poised for a huge game, and we'll get over the 1,000-yard uh, clip in this one as well. That's the thing, too, that we ha you have to look at when you are in your fantasy playoff have to start the big names that you drafted but you also have to look at the matchups not only the nfl matchups but the matchups within your team i mean you have to look at guys who who's getting the most targets who has been really producing these past few weeks because that's who's going to show up for you yeah the big name might pop off or two but reliability is your friend when it comes to the playoffs and you need to look towards reliable stars did i just say dk metcalf was going to have 180 receiving yards in this game? Yes, I did. Uh, you did. Um, to be honest with you, if it was any other team, I'd probably say, you know what, let's calm it down. Let's uh, backtrack a but little bit. It is bit. the Cardinals. It is the Arizona Cardinals who have let up the most passing yards from all season to opposing offenses. So, I mean, anything's possible. Here's an interesting tight end. Uh, he's been up and down all season. His name is Jared Cook. Had a string from week 10 to week 14 of at least 11.3 double-digit fantasy PPR points against the Colts, only 9.4. They play at the Titans, looking to lock up a one seed, so everybody's going to be playing in this game for the Saints. That's the nice thing about the NFL this year, too. There are going to be zero teams resting players because seeding is still a thing here in week 16. It's crazy that seeding is still a thing. It's beautiful. I, I, I was talking with someone yesterday, and they were talking to me about how, oh, well, the Seahawks kind of – how will they come back from Josh Gordon, which in reality Josh Gordon was their third wide receiver. And people forget that the Seahawks are kind of the NFC West dominant team. They're the number one yep. seed right now in the NFC period. Uh, everyone's saying how Russ Wilson dropped out from being an MVP candidate – well, I mean, he's still the Seahawks MVP because of how well he's led his team so far. We, it's really just rust time. The, the Seahawks are a good team. On top of that, the Niners are now a five seed. You have the Vikings and Packers. That race is really tough. And then it's just a really open, open race right now for the NFC. Except if you do play in the NFC East. Still got to lock up a playoff spot. And it all comes down to Eagles-Cowboys, which we'll get into in a little bit. But Jared Cook. Oh, that's my game of the week. Jared Cook at the Titans. That Titans defense is frisky. Do you trust Jared Cook this week 
as your tight end? Yes, because he's one of the few tight ends every week that I see that you can constantly kind of start and you know that something might happen. There's a lot of tight ends that you start and you're hoping and praying. Jared Cook's a reliable tight, uh, red zone target for Drew Brees, and he's a better start than most tight ends. Yeah, I'm definitely starting him. Tennessee has a great D. Red zone. With that, let's get into the Week 16 Championship slate of games. Like we said earlier in the show, we have Saturday football. Yes, Saturday football. I'm going to say it one more time for you guys. Saturday football. There's no Thursday night football. It's all Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Weekend full of football. So make sure your lineups are set for Saturday. So, first game on Saturday, Texans at the Buccaneers, 1 p.m. Uh, this is what we like to call here a good old-fashioned popcorn game because this is going to be gunslinging, hash-slinging slasher, Jameis Winston and Deshaun Watson just going back and forth, throwing the football around the whole field, making everybody make plays. Whoever plays in this game for Tampa Bay, I think you have to play them. Uh, hopefully Mike Evans kind of trends in the right direction. Hopefully we get a miracle for Chris Godwin, but it doesn't look like it. But say you're a Chris Godwin owner and your uh, your waivers are still open to pick up players, I would go scoop up Rashad Perriman to flex. Texans-wise, obviously, you're playing D-Hop. You're playing Deshaun Watson. You're playing Will Fuller if he plays. Uh, this is just to play everybody. I love this game for one reason. And that it is the perfect game to start your Saturday slate with. <clears throat> like, you just, if you had to think of a one o'clock game on a Saturday, two teams to play in week 16, who are they? It's absolutely the Buccaneers and Texans. Because this is a game where defense is not going to win, it's going to be done through the air, as you said. I, bold prediction, both quarterbacks combined for nine touchdowns. Wow. Take the over. That's going to wow. be my bold prediction of the week. All right. Starting off hot. Uh, that would be very interesting if that actually happens. Uh, let's kick it to the quote-unquote best game of the Saturday slate. Buffalo Bills head up to Foxborough to take on your Patriots. Again, the your, your microwaves will be going all Saturday. This game, you're playing every fantasy-relevant player just based on the fact alone that this game means so much. If the Bills end up pulling up the upset, there's a legitimate shot that they can win the AFC East. So everybody all hands on deck for this game. Buffalo, you're playing Colt Beasley, John Brown, Devin Singletary, uh, Josh Allen. You know, Patriots-wise, it's Julian Edelman. Maybe Tom, if you have better options fantasy-wise, I'm sure you're playing them. Uh, because Tom's just a better real-life quarterback than a fantasy quarterback, but James White, Rex Burkhead. Uh, do you play Nikhil Harry in this game? He had kind of a you know a flash against the Bengals, caught a touchdown. Is he trending in the right direction in your mind, coming from a Patriots fan perspective? I like Nikhil Harry in this game for flex value. I love him for daily, but if you need to start him in your championship lineup, it's not a bad play because you can see Tom is developing a great relationship with him. 
And you can see how good he actually is, how he uses his body against a defender to make those tough catches. He's really just so fascinating to watch. And with a defense like the Bills, they, they're going to look to shut him down, but then will open up for other receivers. And then late in the game, that's where his value is going to become, you know, that's where he's going to get that, that value that you picked him for. I do like Nikhil Harry this week. I would start him at the flex, but that's it. I, I think he's more of a DFS play where you can kind of bet on him to be that guy that gets that touchdown and not a lot of people are playing him. That boosts you up in your DFS lineup. So that's where I like Nikhil Harry, and if you do have to flex him, that's where I would play him. And then the nightcap, Patty Pitts. We've got more, more popcorn on deck. You're just going to have to go buy boxes and boxes of popcorn. Rams at the 49ers. More offense to come. Fun defense from the 49ers. Just play everybody. It's a good old-fashioned NFC West shootout. The wild, wild west is going to be under the the spotlight on Saturday night football. Yeah, it's it's just a great day for football because there's so many great games like this on – and I could definitely see the Rams making some noise. I mean, that's a tough loss last week to the Cowboys. They're going to want some redemption. I see it in this game as well. Todd Gurley making some noise. My guy, Bob the Builder, Woods. And Cooper Cup, my pick for the year to finish as a top five wide receiver. And he'll continue that campaign on Saturday. And obviously, 49ers, you're playing Emmanuel Sanders. You're playing Debo Samuel in my book as a flex. And uh, whichever running back is healthy right now, it looks like it's Raheem Mostert, who has helped a ton of people uh, throughout the fantasy playoffs so far. So he's your guy. And then uh, if you have Jimmy G, you're going to play Jimmy G. And then it goes without saying, you're playing George Kittle. Uh, Kicking off Sunday, though, we get started with the rematch of the century. Steelers head to New Jersey to take on the Jets. Uh, this game is very weird. I think I really only like Deontay Johnson, James Conner, and I kind of like Lev and Jamison Crowder. I would agree with that. I would only start Lev and Jamison Crowder from the Jets. James Conner's an ad. Washington's a good pick, too. I I would really stay away from Steelers in this game, and only those two guys on the Jets, even though... Pittsburgh is favored. I'm not into it. Yeah, I'd fade away from this game as much as possible, especially with mostly all things on the line this week for your fantasy championships. Stay away from it. Uh, A very fun game that I'm actually looking forward to. Saints at the Titans. Drew Brees, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I think we've got ourselves yet another good old-fashioned championship week popcorn game. Uh, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Jared Cook, Titans-wise, A.J. Brown, whichever tight end is healthy, I like them in this game. Uh, Derrick Henry is the wild card for me, though. Do you like Derrick Henry against the Saints defense? Yes, because Derrick Henry is a top-five running back in the league right now, fantasy-wise, when you when he's been so dominant all year. I mean, just look at what he's done. He, I feel like every other game, He's finishing with over 20 points. He's now the number eight running back on. Um, I mean, just look at his game stats. I mean, just look at his stats throughout the year. He has 1,300 yards, 13 touchdowns, 
it, he's an absolute beast, and he's averaging about five yards per carry. It's that just shows you how how uh, that second effort that he puts in after he gets hit. I mean, it's so difficult to tackle him. I think the Saints defense will struggle trying to bring him down. I think he will help the Titans immensely in this game. Yeah, I think the Saints kind of come back down to earth a little bit after that game against the Colts where they kind of just uh, get off to a slow start and the Titans are able to take advantage of it, book it. Uh, Panthers head to Indianapolis to take on those said Colts. Uh, T.Y. Hilton came back this week, which was a great sign to see. Uh, in this game, though, I really am very interested because uh, Will Greer is making his NFL debut. So that kind of puts a, a bit of a, a mixed bag for these wide receivers because there's no chemistry whatsoever. Uh, so in all honesty, I'm only trusting Christian McCaffrey from the Panthers side of things. Yeah, I, I don't like a lot of Panthers receivers in this game because it's Will Greer's first game. So anytime you have a quarterback making their their debut, you kind of want to stay away from receivers unless they are a number already solidified number one talent. I'm not starting Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore maybe if he has been a receiver you've been riding throughout this season. But yeah, Christian McCaffrey is the only Panther I'm starting, and maybe Greg Olson too. I don't know. Yeah, Greg Olson might be like the uh, the security blanket type, and then DJ Moore. I'd say nothing more than a flex. Colts-wise, Jacoby Brissett, Marlon Mack, if he's uh, ready to go, and then T.Y. Hilton, obviously, and then Jack Doyle at the tight end spot. That's really all I like in this Colts game. Totally agree with that. Let's head to the game where everybody thought these two teams would not have a single win going into it and would be fighting for the number one overall pick. Still could be. It's the Bengals heading to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd are my only Bengals I like in this game. Dolphins, Devontae Parker, and that's really it. Yeah, that that is what I call a snooze game. That's where you're gonna put that gonna pop up on your red zone and you're gonna realize, you know what, I'm a little hungry right now, I'm gonna go make a snack. You can kind of miss that because there's not gonna be a lot of action from that. I do start Devontae Parker, though, because he has been the hottest, one of the hottest wide receivers in fantasy the past few weeks. Other than that, though, Joe Mixon, yeah, I, I, I just don't like that game. That just that game kind of gives me goosebumps, but in the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, let's head to a game that's going to be a lot of fun because it's also the wonky point spread of the week. Ravens at the Browns. Patty Pitts, the Ravens, are a minus 10 right now as we sit here on Tuesday. Will the Ravens cover? Yes. I say they I do. I agree. They're in because a bounce-back the mode. so bad. They're so bad. They'd have no direction. Freddie Kitchens has lost the locker room completely. The Ravens at, are, have the complete opposite of losing the locker room and that they're bonding, saying kumbaya and everything <laughs> because of how well they're doing. That's a family. That is a team the Browns are just a bunch of lost souls out there. Yeah. Uh, Ravens-wise, you're literally playing everybody that everybody. you've played all season. Browns-wise, Browns Nick Chubb. Yeah, you got to start Nick Chubb because he actually could win the rushing title, which would be unbelievable. That would be a hell of a story for the Browns, That would right? be the only winning season the Browns have had all decade. 
Oh, that would be the only <laughs> win they would get all season. Miles Garrett smashes Mason Rudolph's head in with his own helmet, and that's going to be that's going to overshadow the fact that Nick Chubb will win the rushing title. Ridiculous. I mean, you couldn't script it any better. Let's head down to Atlanta as the Jaguars take on the Falcons. I only like Leonard Fournette in this game uh, because the Jaguars are absolutely decimated at the wide receiver position. But I do think the Jaguars potentially kind of rally together and uh, stick one to Tom Coughlin because he's an absolute jerk and uh, should be absolutely fired yesterday for everything that he did to the players, especially to Dante Fowler Jr. So Tom Coughlin, get out. You're done. See ya. Bye. Uh, Falcons, though, Matt Ryan, Devontae Freeman as a flex, Austin Hooper, and, of course, Julio Jones. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with No, No other – I just agree with all those players there. You're not really starting anyone else outside of that. I mean, Austin Hooper's been the number one tight end this year. Julio Jones, an absolute target monster. And then, uh, I mean, Matt Ryan is – pretty consistent with 15 or more points even against you know, a team like the Jackal Jaguars he's bound for a good 15 to 18 points let's head to the NFC least as the Giants head to Maryland which I don't know if you saw this video Patty Pitts I might have to send it to you uh Washington had Eagles fans paying like $50 to park just about and to get to the stadium they had to walk through the woods to get to that stinkhole of a stadium that the Washington team calls home. You gotta love the petty wars that go on in the NFC. You call it NFC least. I think that's the funniest thing. I mean, that's the NFC East is my favorite division right now in football. Drama, dumpster fires, just nonsense is happening in it. And what a better way. That just, that's perfect. It's perfect. Uh, I think you play all the weapons in this game. You play Saquon. Obviously, Evan Ingram today was placed on injured reserve, so he will not play in this game. But uh, Darius Slayton, because we think Daniel Jones is going to be back for this game. Even if he's not, Eli's built a bit of a rapport with him. Uh, I don't like Golden Tate in this game because he just stinks. Uh, But Darius Slayton, Saquon, I like for the Giants. Washington, Scary Terry. And God bless you if you have to play Adrian Peterson. Yeah, that's you shouldn't be starting Adrian Peterson this late in the season. Let's head to the four o'clock slate. Four oh five. We've got two games on this docket. Lions at Broncos. We said earlier, Kenny Galladay poised for a big bounce back in this one, especially up in that altitude. The ball's gonna be flying across the yard. Play Kenny Galladay in this game. Broncos wise. Cortland Sutton, I like in this game to have a nice little bounce back and then Phillip Lindsay, but that's about it. Yeah, the Broncos really just do not tickle my fancy, to, to, to put it lightly, in, in any sense of the word. They're just not a fantasy-relevant team in my eyes. Yeah, Phillip Lindsay's great. Cortland Sutton, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I, see, I see Lions have more weapons in this game. Uh, for fantasy value, and that's only Kenny Galladay. But I like Cortland it's only Sutton. Kenny Galladay too. I like so Cortland Sutton because he always balls out in Denver. And then, like we've said previously, the Lions have a terrible rushing defense, and Philip Lindsay 
I think could have a nice little flex game and be an X factor for your championship lineup. The other 405 game involves two AFC West teams. The Raiders head to take on the Chargers. Is there really a home game home team in this game? I don't think so. Um, because the Chargers don't have home fans and the Raiders don't have a home. So this one's interesting. The homeless game. The, the, ga- the game of lost souls. These, <laughs> it's two teams that just are struggling to find a home. I mean, uh, the Chargers can't buy any fans. I'll be a fan of the Chargers. I love the Chargers. Love their but, uniforms. Um, yeah, I, the powder blue are just so mint. It's elite. It's a top and, five uniform in all of sports. Seriously. And then you have the Raiders who are going to uh, Las Vegas at the end of the year. And their fans kind of hate them at the moment. So I, I just, it, this is not going to be a good game. I just, I'm just not. Yeah. I really it's only like exciting. the Chargers receiving weapons in this game. I like Keenan Allen. I like Mike Williams and Hunter Henry. Uh, only Raider I'm even considering playing is Darren Waller. Uh, because I don't trust Josh Jacobs. And then Austin Eckler, greater than signed Melvin Gordon in this game, but I would still flex Melvin Gordon because I just think the Raiders are absolutely deflated so you can get away with it. I'm not classifying this as a popcorn game, but it's damn near close. It's just it's yes. gonna it's gonna be an ugly game though. I like everyone on the Chargers offense except for Phillip Rivers. I hate everyone on the Raiders except for Darren Waller. Yeah. Uh, 425, we've got two games, and that is the Cardinals at the Seahawks. I do not like anybody on the Arizona Cardinals in this game. I like Russ, obviously, Chris Carson, DK Metcalf. Uh, I'm kind of iffy on Tyler Lockett, but you can flex him just because we know the patterns of his boom and bust ability, and you want to have reliability in your championship lineup. I I don't know if I can fully trust Tyler Lockett, but it is the Cardinals, so it's like a, a it's a weird scenario here, but play every Seahawk you have. Play every Seahawk, don't play any Cardinals, except for Kenyon Drake. Actually not even Kenyon Drake this week. I don't like yeah, I don't like Kenyon Drake in this one at all. Um but me saying that he'll have another repeat performance of this past oh, 100%. week. hundred percent. That's just Murphy's law. Uh, let's head to my game of the week where my blood pressure will be through the roof. Curse words will be said and, uh, things will fly in my house. And that is Cowboys Eagles in Philadelphia for the NFC East title. You're literally playing everybody that's fantasy relevant from the Eagles. It's Miles Sanders, Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz. Uh, if you want to get a little frisky, play my man, Greg Ward, uh, Cowboys wise, Zeke, Amari Cooper, uh, not really sure if I like Michael Gallup in this game and Dak Prescott. Yeah, I just, I, I don't even know if I like Dak in this game. I don't know who I like in this game. I really don't because it's just such a crapshoot. It's this a better game, real life watch game. Ugly. Oh, it's going to be a great game. That's the thing too. It's going to be a great game for football purposes. Right. It's not a game to start like to expect big numbers out of Boston Scott or Miles Sanders or 
Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, um, Michael Gallup, like guys that are so boomer bust this stage, you just they're going it's gonna be a crapshoot of who steps up and it's just going to be a good football game. It's my game of the week because this literally decides the NFC East. So I'm pray for me. If you're into that kind of thing, pray for your boy because I need an NFC East bragging rights title in this shit show of a season. Uh, we get a very fun, interesting matchup. The Matt Nagy matchup against his former team, Patrick Mahomes against Mitch Trubisky for what I believe is the very first time where uh, the Bears could have had Patrick Mahomes. And they oh, just took Mitch Trubisky. So we get primetime Mitch in this game. Chiefs, obviously, we tell you every single week, you play every playmaker on that offense. Bears-wise, Allen Robinson. That's it. Hot take, I start Mitch Trubisky over Tom Brady this week. I agree with that statement. I just, I, he's the one Chiefs of defense. Yeah, literally. Yeah, I agree with that take 110%. I would rather play Mitch. I might even make a, uh, a DFS lineup with Mitch Trubisky as my quarterback just to uh, gamble with those odds. But in your championship matchups, Bears-wise, you should only be playing Allen Robinson. And then Chiefs, you play all your playmakers because they're doing the damn thing. The final game of championship weekend, two days before Christmas – Packers, Vikings, an old school NFC North rivalry in Minnesota. You get a nice little popcorn game on Monday Night Football for Championship Week. Literally play every single human in this game. Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers. Primetime Kirk Coupons. Play them. Stephon Diggs, flex them. Don't play Dalvin Cook because he's not going to play. That's yeah, the only I don't guy. Think Dalvin Cook will play. Kyle Rudolph, play him. Literally play every human that will be active in this game because it's going to be an absolute slugfest. That's going to be another game of the week for me. It's just that it's just it's going to be such a good game because you have the it, the difference between this game and the Cowboys Eagles is that these teams. It's going to, it's a closer race, and I, it's it's just it will be a better. There's just more talent. I feel like this is the Eagles Cowboys is just going to be a bloodbath. It's going to Can't be wait. A, an old school '80s football game where the Green Bay Packers Vikings is going to be just blow for blow, touchdown touchdown. I think it's going to be more offensive game in that mind. Eagles Cowboys is going to be a defensive battle. It's going to be a sad day. Only for the sheer fact that the Eagles are finally going to put the final nail in the coffin of Jason Garrett's Cowboys tenure. I would love nothing more, Kyle. It's going to be a sad day. I'm going to miss that clapper because uh, that's all he does. He just claps. He's Jerry's little puppet. But that is your Week 16 championship slate of games. Go win your fantasy championships. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at UndergroundPHI. At goal underscore line underscore FFB and Patty Pitts, let the people know all the new fourth and goal handles and where they can check all that good stuff out. Yeah, so we are going under a rebrand. That rebrand is we are now at fourth and goal 
USP. So the number four, TH and goal USP. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram with the same username. We have been posting content, trivia Tuesdays to our players of the week. And we have boatloads of content coming up for the playoffs. I'm so excited for the playoffs. I'm so excited to get it started and uh, see what happens because the NFL playoffs are here, are coming, and I could not be more thrilled. ton of good stuff is coming, and that's why you need to be following us on the Twitter machines. Wherever you follow us, you can follow Pat on Twitter at Pat underscore Pitts. You can follow me on Twitter at KBI. ZZL311. And you can check out Underground Sports Philadelphia on Instagram as well at Underground PHI. And then make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five star ratings and reviews. They go a long way. Let us know in your review if you end up winning your fantasy championship matchup. We'd love to hear about it. And uh, you can also check us out on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, the iHeartRadio app and radio.com we'll probably be back for one more week 17 episode for all you freaks and geeks that play a week 17 championship because we care about you you're humans too and uh we'll keep you updated on the twitter machine so that's why you should be following us uh but you can also leave that in your apple podcast review too and let us know if you play a week 17 championship game and uh if we can find you a new league because you shouldn't be playing week 17 championships no, no one should ever play 17 championships. It's just absolute malpractice. Get your popcorn ready for week 16. Go check out our friends at trophysmack.com on Monday night. Once that clock hits zero, go order your trophy with the promo code GOALLINE. That's G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E. And you get that free championship ring with any purchase of a trophy or belt. Absolutely free. Shout out to our friends at trophysmack.com. This has been your week 16 championship edition of the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast. For Patty Pitts, shout out to Mikey. I'm your boy, Kyle Bennett. We are signing off. Go win, baby. <laughs>